Welcome to my podcast, D Sharp Thoughts Podcast, a podcast about strong women with some sharp thoughts and great inspirational stories. I'm Diana Sharp, your host, an empowerment and resilience coach for women. Today's episode is brought to you by D Sharp Coaching Services. We work with women to help them gain greater clarity around their purpose, help them to redefine their goals, rediscover their voice, and execute in a more strategic way through our personal development and career coaching services. Most women will admit that there's nothing like having a good girlfriend who's more like a sister, someone you can share the most intimate details of your life with, someone you can cry with someone you can laugh with, celebrate wins with, someone who inspires you with their own story of grace, courage, and strength. Today, I'll be talking to one such inspiring sister, Crystal Day. Crystal Day is an award-winning, best-selling author of nine books, an international certified Christian life coach, corporate trainer, podcaster, and sought-after inspirational speaker. As a woman of faith, she believes in servant leadership, and she unselfishly uses the platforms God has given to her to positively influence and impact lives globally. She's also the COO of Daylight Publishers and founder of Empowering Girls Club. Working a full-time job since the age of 16, Crystal has built a successful career in the public service with public certifications in procurement, public speaking, events planning, and supervisor management before launching into full-time entrepreneurship in 2017. She's currently a book coach and a brand strategist who helps new and emerging authors to write, publish, market, and monetize their books. She has been featured on many local and international platforms, including CBS, TVJ, The Gleaner, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, Top Book Coach to Watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. It is my absolute pleasure to share space with this amazing sister. Welcome, Crystal. How are you doing? Hey, Diana. It is truly my pleasure to be here. I am excited um, to be on this podcast and to just be led by the Lord to inspire your audience. So thank you again for having me. Amen. It has been a wait, but a wait (laughs) well appreciated and a wait that I believe will serve a purpose. Um, I believe God has prepared a word for you to share today. And I'm so excited myself and looking forward to what you're going to share. Tell my listeners, who is Crystal D? And what are some of the adjectives you use to describe yourself? All right. Um, so who is Crystal? So one, I always start with, I'm a Jesus girl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a solo uh, Christian, believer, kingdom um, influencer, kingdom entrepreneur. I am a mother of a very uh, beautiful you know, spontaneous, loving nine-year-old girl. Um, I am a mentor, you know, for many young girls, uh, book quotes so when I think about me you know all the titles that come at you have shared them in my bio but overall you know I would just sum myself as just a woman that is trying to pursue the will of God and to be a woman after God's heart so that's kind of who I am in 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 what I think uh you also ask the question you know um 
I, I like I love people. I love to yeah. impact people. I love uh, from from as long as I can remember. I always knew that whatever I will do, it will be to help somebody. So I'm truly honored to you know be able to speak, to coach, to write, um, you know, in a way to empower others. So that's a little bit about me. That's amazing. And one of the things that you said that really just stuck with me, you're a woman after God's own heart. You're here to serve people. And that's truly, truly amazing and exemplary. What were you like growing up as a child? Oh, well, all right. So there, I would say there's two sides of, you know, for most of us growing up. So one, at a very young age, I was, I was very brilliant. I was smart, yeah. right? Because my father started to teach me to read from, I was like three years old, two or yeah. three years old. As long as I could talk, I, I, so I started to read very early. I started to, so I, I excelled in school. Um, you know, once I applied, I would have excelled very in school what though um there was some level of insecurity that and and it had the questions as i grew sometimes i found that one people used to say i talk too much two um i remember at one point you know i had a lot of acne as a teenager and they used to tease me a lot so while on the outside it wouldn't seem like it bothers me um the truth is there are some opportunities that i wish that I would have taken on and most of the time I didn't take on certain opportunities leadership opportunities even in high school or you know etc because I didn't want people to think I'm just enough you know in Jamaica we say oh she's enoughy and some persons would be okay with considering that but for me it sometimes made me feel like, oh, probably I'm out trying to outshine my 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 peers, or I'm trying to outshine. So, so there is a part of me that I kept going, and I would do enough so that I am succeeding. But the truth is, I wasn't doing enough. It, I wasn't tapping into my true potential. And the truth is, I came into entrepreneurship with the same mindset, and it was like late you know, probably late 2019, early 2020, or, you know, even now I have to, to push myself to say, hey, I don't care if somebody thinks, you know, I, sh I shouldn't or I can't or whatever. If you really want to do it, if you really want to go after it, you go after it. So that's kind of my upbringing. But overall, I grew up in the inner city um, in Maxfield Avenue, left to live in Kencott and then Jonestown. Um, grew up in a lot of poverty, you know, my environment around me. Um, most of the girls got pregnant at a young age, boys end up in violence. So there's a lot of poverty um, that I grew up with but what I could say is that I grew up with so much love so you know my parents they split when I was about 10 years old but you know I always had a father I always had a mother that was there my grandmother uh, my siblings and I were very very close I, I always felt loved even though we didn't have a lot you understand so yeah. I was rich in love but yeah. of course you know not financially but you know I think that for me kept me motivated so I always wanted to do what was best for my siblings you know I always wanted to make them proud I always wanted to do well by my siblings so I can be a mentor to them and of course the girls in my community so that's kind of how I grew up I, I excelled as I said academically but there are a lot of decisions that I made um that I that you know would have just not being the best decision because right. I wasn't being fully me. Um, I was trying to fit in a lot. Right. 
um, crystal powerful answer. So I'm hearing somebody who is grounded. You're grounded in the reality of where you grew up and that makes you humble, give you the values of like hard work. And you, you were groomed as a natural mentor. You had siblings who you knew you had to be a leader for. You had to set an example for, but then there was some self-doubt. Um, can you, I, I think that's such an important place for us to get deep into the conversation about how you overcame some of that, how you pick, peel away those layers and began to see who God saw. So God, I know you're, and I mean, this is, this is just even still the beginning, being such a young entrepreneur, being such a leader, um, you started in 2017, but then by 2019, you matured even more and you got your foot more on solid ground. But how did you get there? Help somebody today. How did you really move past the doubt, move past the voice that's saying you're not good enough, um, move past the voice that's saying this is not a space for you? How did you yeah. step into being who God really see you as? All right. So as you mentioned, as you mentioned, um, you know, there's a lot of, so one, I was very motivated. I was very yeah. ambitious um, growing up, right? So even though I had insecurities, there were certain decisions that I made. One, I would, I must be a success. I must um, come out of the inner city. Um, I will get a college degree. I will get a good job. I will, you know, so there were certain decisions that I made um, and I was very adamant that I will accomplish these things, right? Um, so I had big faith also. Yeah. So I wasn't a Christian. I didn't really grow up in a Christian environment. I visited church as a child, you know, every now and then I was Catholic, so you visit and I attended Catholic schools. So, you know, you kind of know, and you know about God, you prayed. Um, so there's a level of faith that I had, right? right. Um, now, in terms of um, overcoming doubt, as I said, I think what two main things that before Christ that helped me to overcome doubt, even though I had doubt, was motivation and mm -hmm. ambition right and, and and resilience because even in in um evening setbacks i would have kept going you know you cry a little you you scream a little but you kept going so those three character traits you know i don't it, i guess it was god god breathe but also i looked around my environment and i knew this was there must be more to life than what i was seeing there must be more to you know um going to your bed hungry there must be more to you know i slept on the ground for many years because you know it's two bedroom five children two adults we just you know some of us had to bunk it on the ground you know i knew that there must have been more to life than this and where i was um, was just a preparation for where I was going. I don't know where I got the drive from. I, of course, it was God breed, but also, I honestly think that because I was not just trying to do it for me. Yeah. If I was just trying to do it for me, I probably would not have gone so hard. But I was doing it for my siblings, and I had, um, you know, four siblings. And also, I thought about all the girls in my community. I'm always thinking, how can I serve them? Um, so that's one. Now coming into Christ. Um, you know, I became a Christian, you know, I mean, if they, if they want to read my conversion story, very dramatic. It can, I want to hear about it. I'm going to talk to you about that soon because <laughs> I know you had but, an exciting journey there and then definitely we tell, um, we'll tell our listeners where they can go to hear more. But what year was that? 
yeah so i think i got baptized sometime in 20, 2009 i believe i don't remember mm-hmm. but it was one of those very trauma you know very dramatic um colorful past that i had and you know in my book living a royal reality you know that's i i share a lot about that story about you know how i came to christ now i got baptized got pregnant in church so i got baptized about 2009 i believe got pregnant 2011 and rededicated my life january 1st 2014 um, and I was on the journey of reconvert, um, convert, con- becoming out, like rededicating my life in 2013. But you know that party that I was, January, um, December 31st, leading into January 1st, was when I said, you know, this was it. I'm all, I'm all for Jesus. But coming into Christ, what I found is that, um, of course, there were, and um, you just felt so so insecure because by then I would have you know had such a colorful past I was very promiscuous when I was in the world you know I'd, I'd done an abortion um at 16 you know I had gotten pregnant in church so because of you know you the, my colorful past when I came into Christ then I faced my own insecurities like who am I you know even when I felt the calling of God to do things to speak to write I kept going through who am I, you know, that, that Gideon moment, who am I, I'm not supposed to do this, you know, that Moses, like I stammer, you know, who am I, so I went through that season, and how did I overcome, to to be honest, in my, my last recent book, uh, Dear Insecurity, that's why I wrote the book, because, you know, a lot of persons tend to talk about insecurity on the basis of just going after your dreams and stuff, but coming into walking into my purpose there's a lot of insecurity around saying yes to god not because in your heart you didn't want to say yes but because you just felt that inadequacy so how did i overcome that was getting getting to know who my identity in christ right Mm -hmm. so i i share in the book insecure insecurity to say the antidote for insecurity is not self-confidence right that's what the world teaches oh just get more confidence but the truth is you can fake confidence you can fake these things but when you know who you are and whose you are that's what um help you to build a a lifetime of okay when no matter how i i go I'm deserving because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm deserving because he caused me the head and not the tail. I'm deserving because all my sins are washed away. And he says, you know, from the, um, you know, north to the south, like you, you, he's, he's, your sins are apart. Like, yeah. you know, he chose them in the sea of forgetfulness, forgetfulness right? Yeah. So um, all of these things that God would have said to me, that's what has own my current identity and help me to overcome my insecurity because I don't look at things as oh this is who I am you know this was my past no I look at it as you know I am a child of God I'm deserving of all the things that God has in store for me and that has really built even in my business when I feel insecure in my business when I feel um you know undeserving when business when you're not making enough money you know i can go back to the lord because he's my father he's the ceo right and say your word says you promised me these things and that's what has just been and i know if your your listeners are not christian and they might say "Mm, you know she just 
throwing out some Christian cliche. No, yeah. um, anybody that knows me, if you follow me, I'm not about the religious, yo, you know, just throw scriptures at people kind of yeah. person. No, I believe that, you know, the word of God is not just all words that out there to, it is really my lifeline, yeah. you know, it's my lifeline. That's what I can hang on to, to make my life different and to help to make other people life different. Wow, powerful. So you found your identity in Christ and that allowed you to just peel back everything and and step out of that layer of insecurity into into a layer of both faith in God because now you know who you are and whose you are and who is the source. So even when situations and challenges come, you're grounded in the fact that God says you are the head and not the tail. You were born to do great things and you were born to change lives. Um, that's a simply, simply amazing and powerful. Um, and I really love what you said, that it's not self-confidence, right? Confidence is a belief in abilities, but you really could yes. believe in some ability, but still not have a good identity. Um, and when your identity is grounded in Christ and it's enduring, it's lasting, and it's positively impactful. Um, Crystal, tell us about some of the things you enjoy doing. Enjoy. Um, so one, I'm a big TV person. and people wouldn't like I even when I started to go on my personal development journey I literally Mm -hmm. stopped watching tv for like two two and a half years right because I realized how much time tv took and I wanted to spend more time in the world no now that I've matured, I find that, boy, I binge a lot, right? Like, if I start a series, a Netflix series, I kid you not, I do not sleep until it finish. Like, yeah. I'd go the next morning. So, I'm a big TV person, so I have to be very conscious of shutting down, you know, time, so I don't do that. I love to spend time with my, my children. So, I have one biological daughter, but I have my niece, my little sisters, um, my godsons, you know, my goddaughters. So, I'm that I'm that godmother, I'm that auntie that say, hey, I'm coming to pick up, you know, and I go and get my kids and carry them to the beach, I carry them to the park. So, and it's not for me, but I love to see them enjoy themselves, right? I love to entertain and, you know, keep, so I love, 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 love spending time with my kids. Um, I love food. Yeah. So carry me to any restaurant. Come, I love food. I love to cook. Um, I yeah, I really enjoy cooking and I really love um eating, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, I love traveling. I yeah. love love traveling. Like airport is my next favorite place, right? Um, to sit and explore and stuff. So those are some of the things I enjoy doing. Of course, you know, I like to write. I love to dance. I love to dance. Before the before Christ, you know, I was that party girl every party you know that so I love to enjoy myself so that those are some of the things that I I do I know you dance for Jesus you dance for Jesus like David (laughs) right and and sometimes you know sometimes the because the Jamaican waistline is not fully saved yet (laughs) so every now and then you know (laughs) but God be the glory. So God be the, it's all for God. I'm it's all for being, God. And I'm still being sanctified in, yeah. you know, in that era. <laughs> and you know what? I think God wants us to be truly happy and to truly live our lives where we're grounded in him and we're grounded in the right things and the right values. Um, but I don't think God is too mad at you sometimes if you just really, <laughs> you know, get up in a worship or a praise or even if a song comes to your mind, once it's not lewd and explicit. And you yeah. just really, you know, connect with your inner being because those things are healing and they're therapeutic. So if you're a dancer, go ahead and dance for Jesus and dance for your own health. 
um, what's your passion? What are you most passionate about? The thing that wakes you up in the morning, keeps you up at night, uh, the things that really make your heart smile. All right. So um, to be honest, I, I love God. I love, I love Jesus. I tell people all the time, you know, I'm like Jesus. I'm like him bad, bad, bad. Like I like him. So I love to spend time. Um, you know, I listen a lot of worship music. I listen a lot of sermons. Um, you know, I read a lot of books. Um, so I, I really enjoy uh, spending time with the Lord. As I mentioned, I'm also passionate about um, mentoring teenage yeah. girls. So while I, I, I love, love, love helping women of all ages, um, there's a, a deep passion for teenage girls, right? I do believe that a lot of them are misunderstood, you know, yeah. they go through these identity crises and sometimes, you know, um, they just don't have an outlet and I want to provide an outlet for them. So that's that's why, um, you know, Empowering Girls Club um my my movement for dedicated to help teenage girls to know who their identity purpose and worth in christ right so that's what's a free movement we meet every month we have you know uh, we have slumber parties we have you know so i try to do things to keep the, the teen girls entertained so i love teen girls i also to be honest um i love evangelizing yeah. i love sharing i love social media let me put that out there i'm passionate about social media i think it's an amazing medium for me to share the message of jesus christ out there so i'm always you know trying to disciple or evangelize or any way that i can share the gospel of jesus christ um so i love that and finally i think i love to make people dreams come true and this is why i'm so people say oh you know you love to help people to write books or whatever i'm very good at book coaching i'm very good at publishing but the truth is is the joy don't come from helping them from just writing a book the joy comes from watching them get their dreams come true that's what brings me joy you know somebody that don't believe that something is possible and i can help them to to elevate that mindset you know and know that all things are possible with god so i'm just the vessel to help them to do that Amen. That's a powerful. So it's not so much as about, just about the product or the outcome. You really take pleasure in the journey to see somebody grow up, to see somebody become reborn in Christ, um, yes. to discover their to purpose. use their gifts, yes. to yes. use their gifts to be a blessing to others. I do believe that, you know, um, I do believe in the power of community, the power yes. of fellowship. Um, I do believe that none of us are independent. We should not try to, you know, be this independent person. We should try to in, embrace interdependency because there are some things I don't want to do. I don't want to come here. I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't even want to clean my own house. I want to pay somebody that loves to clean to come and clean for me. That's just why I just believe in us all of us um, being connected to help each other, to impact each other, to impact lives. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for that. Um, how, how did you unearth these special gifts and talents that you have? All right. So the truth is, as I said, um, one, you know, they always say that your passion or well, your calling has been something that you have been, you know, from, from you were young, um, you kind of felt that leading towards. So one, as I said, from I was young, I always wanted to help people. 
I was extremely mature for my age. So I'm that person, you know, I'm that friend that would used to send, um, you know, coaching questions at the time. I didn't know it was coaching questions, but I would say, you know, like every year I say, you know, five years from now, where do you want to be? You know, I would be that friend sending to, to my friends. So I've always wanted had this gift of inspiring people, empowering people, you know, um, my mom will tell you and my, my parents will tell you that, you know, I'm the one that come home and say, hey, you know, we could do this, we could do that, we could do that, you know, kind of yeah. like I'm very resourceful. Always thinking, resourceful. Yeah, yeah. always thinking, very resourceful. Um, no, when I came into Christ, I started to seek the Lord and my purpose um, because the truth is I would have accomplished the things that the world said I needed to. So I had a degree, I bought a house, I got a car, I got a good job, I had a beautiful daughter, you know, um, I was engaged at one point to get married. So, you know, when I looked, I was like, okay, I'm accomplished all these. And and not that there was more to accomplish, but, you know, for the most part, you have accomplished certain things. And in that moment, I'm like, Lord, is, is this all there is to life? And, you know, as I saw my purpose, the Lord started to just show me, you know, how can I use the things that I love to do? Like, um, the truth is I didn't know. I mean, I love speaking, but I wasn't, I didn't talk, think of myself as a public speaker because of my insecurities. I remember I tell people when I was leaving high school, you know, I graduated as one of the top girls in the high school and they had voted me for valedictorian. I tell them, no, no. I will never, nobody would ever get me to speak on a stage, right? Oh, foolish, no, right? But that's that's insecurity. But what I found is that all the things that I've been passionate about, I've been writing in diaries since I was nine years old. I love writing. So for my parents, me being an author doesn't come as a surprise for them because they're like, oh, you've been writing all your life. Um, I love books, right? I've I used to take my lunch money and buy books. So now that I'm a publisher and, you know, they're like, okay, like we really saw all these things. You know that you're a speaker who love to talk like you, you know? So it's almost like, um, and I would say to somebody that look at the things that came naturally, right? right. That you didn't even realize that, you know, was a thing, you know? Because if somebody had asked me 10 years ago, what was my gift or my talent? I would have tell him I don't have any. Because, you know, while I can dance, I didn't, think I would want I wanted to be a dancer or right. you know, while I, I I love to cook I didn't feel like led to become a, a, a executive chef kind of person you know so I always kind of felt like oh I'm just you know I don't have any big gift but you know as I came into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his his you know I would say his overwhelming um power has really just empowered me to not see anything that I've done as minimal and to know that I have a contribution to the world no matter how that looks. I want somebody that's listening to say the same, right? It could be here. Like my little sister, she could do, from she was like four or five years old, she could comb here. Like, who teach her to comb here? You know, or makeup. Like she was very good at makeup, just naturally. You know, Um, you have persons that are very good with kids. Like kids just love them. You know, our animals, they're very good with animals. Like don't despise anything that comes naturally there is a place for you to serve the world with what you are passionate about and the final thing i must add right they always say through our pain there is purpose Purpose. so a lot of the things that i've been through you know um the 
abortion, promiscuity, um, you know, insecurity, all these things, I've been able to share my story to empower others. So what have you been through, right? No matter what you have been through, there's somebody that can be blessed by the pain if you allow God to use it for his purpose. Amazing. Simply, simply amazing. Is there something that you used to do that you love doing, but you have, you've stopped and you wouldn't mind restarting? Learn Latin dancing. Yeah. That is one thing that I want to do. I, I've, I used to do every now and then I would go to Latin classes, but if I could do something consistent again, I would um, go to Latin dancing classes very often. I, in my mind, I was a famous Latin dancer in my previous <laughs> life. <laughs> like, you know, I love Latin dancing. I love Spanish music. I, yeah, that is, that is one thing. Awesome. You see, we learned something new about Crystal, something we never yeah. thought about. And maybe something yeah. you haven't shared or thought about yourself yeah. um, much. What's the most yeah. valuable thing in your life? Um, most. And are you thinking, does it include people or things? People and things. So who or what is um, the most valuable um, person or thing in your life? So one, I must say, um, my relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not because I'm, a, you know, I'm expected to say that as a Christian, but the truth yes. is I do value having my father, my friend, yes. my all in all, um, you know, having a relationship with him, you know, if I don't talk to him in the day or sometimes I'm vexed with him, you know, and I can go to write in my journal, like God, you know, I really expected you to do something, you know, right. so I, I value that, um, my family anybody knows me knows yeah. my family is you know second to god the most important from my daughter not just my like i don't not just my daughter i mean my sisters my mother my 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 siblings yeah. um you know i love 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 my family um so so much and i am going to this is like crazy but my books yes and not just the books that i love books i love books I call it books. I love to read. Um, so I, I was, my mommy was teasing me that, oh, you know, um, cause she's in the States, she migrated right. in the States and she's like, you know, when you come into foreign, um, come live, what, 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 what are you going to do with those books? And I'm like, miss, I prefer leave all my clothes in Jamaica and, and send a barrel. I don't know if people can send barrel to US, you but can. I'm sending a barrel with my books because I prefer to come in one suit of clothes with my books than <laughs> anything. I love my books. You definitely can ship them in boxes. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, and I know that to be true. So your faith is important. You are absolutely in love with God, your father. Um, you love your family, which is evident in everything you do and evident in your business, your brand, the way you include them um, and you love your books. Those are three great things, your faith, family and books. <laughs> Three great things. Um, Crystal, I'm interested to hear more about your conversion. What event led you to Christ? Lord, Lord Diana, <laughs> Diana, Diana, <laughs> listen. So, um, as I mentioned, I didn't grow up in a Christian home per se. Uh, my mom believed in God. My father, his faith was crazy. So, but he says, oh, I believe in a higher being, but I don't know about this white Jesus thing. So, you know, growing up, but the good thing is I was very, I was a very, um, I, I'm not very easily influenced by what people say. Right. So 
I knew that God existed. And when I visited the country, you know, every Jamaican, you know, as a younger, there's somebody in the country that you used to visit. So in the summer when I used to visit my aunt, she was a real, she's a, she is a woman of God. Yeah. And we had to wake up, you know, five o'clock in the morning and she'd get up and pray over us. And we had to go to church and she went to like a revival church. You know, we went to church a whole day on a Sunday. I could not understand why we have to do this. But, you know, I think there was a seed that God was planting then. Absolutely. So fast forward, um, in about 2000, and I don't remember which year, about 2006 or so, um, you know, a guy that I was dating, well, we weren't dating at the time, but, you know, somebody that, you know, one of my, fr- my first boyfriend, actually, um, he was killed, he was killed, and I remember when he died, there was, I mean, I've, I've had people die before, but he was the first person that died that really made me realize how short life was because he was about 21 at the time and he was just murdered. I think I was probably about 18 there about, but I know that time the the finality of life really hit me and I started to visit churches. Um, a little bit more, but I would have gone to church, but you know, I didn't, I always figured one day I'd become a Christian, but may I have to live my best life as a young person, right? right? That's the truth. That's what my thought was. Fast forward, started visiting churches. When I visited churches, I realized that I felt like I didn't fit in because, you know, they were always preaching about hell. And for me, I'm like, well, why would I want to go to heaven when everybody I know were, was going to hell? So wow. that was my mindset, right? Then also, at a point I felt like okay if I had to wear a long skirt or I had to become a granny if I become a Christian you know everybody that I saw became a Christian you know they were like and I'm like this is not for me fast forward I continued with my continued with my promiscuous life and I was involved with two men at the time and it so happened that one found out about the other and by now I've started to visit another church I was visiting another church um and at this church, I realized they did not preach a lot about the hell. They preached about the love of God more. Also, I saw persons wearing pants. This was the first time I saw people wearing pants and dress, dressing just normal to go to church. They didn't have a choir sitting at the top. You know, everybody didn't have on. So I liked that church. And I was going visiting this church and then you know, both of my boyfriends at the time broke up with me. I was so heartbroken and it's so, and God is so intentional. The, the, the message that the pastor preached that day was about um, the love of God and, you know, that there's nothing that you could do. And at the time I felt very heartbroken, but I was also embarrassed because of the person that I've become. So I was this nice girl in this nice job, you know, acting like I'm a nice person, but you're involved with two men, you know, like in in my mind, I'm like, this is not who I am. You know, I'm not that kind of girl. And, you know, I just embraced the love of God and I got baptized. But the truth is, um, and somebody that's listening, if you decide to give your life to the Lord, I'm not saying you need to leave your friends or walk away from your friends. But the truth is, you have to surround yourself with people that are thinking different. And for me, I didn't want to let go of my friends. I didn't want to let go of the lifestyle. So I got back into, you know, getting back with the person, one of the persons I was dating. And, you know, I was partying again and I was going to church, you know, living lukewarm. Yes. Got pregnant in church and, you know, 
somehow somewhere in that you know i just started again to feel this way of i want to provide a better life for my daughter i want her to to not feel like she has to live her best life you know outside of christ like i right. knew deep down that life in christ is the most fulfilling and you know in 2013 we shot about two and a half there about um you know i rededicated my life to the lord also i must must include that the truth is throughout that period i saw how god showed up in my life um when i look back even you know i mean i could have had hiv i could have yeah. you know i mean some of the situations i got myself in with men and probably should have killed me or you know in jamaica there's so much murder suicide that could have happened to me or you know um even you know god provided for me to start visiting you know getting a visa and getting certain jobs like when i look started to look at the pattern I knew that it wasn't anything that I could have done. It must have been the God, God yeah. that, and the word of God says that your, his goodness will draw you to him. Yeah. So outside of me realizing how sinful I was, how, how much I needed a savior, I also was drawn to the fact that if God was so good to me in all my mess, what would my life look like if I was fully his? And look at me now. Wow. He's a preserver. Many things could have happened, but he preserved you. Um, he's a provider. He's a protector. Um, and he is a lover. He's a father. And his goodness endureth forever. And he takes care of us. What an honesty and a transparency with which you live your life and with which you coach others. Um, I have a coach who says people can't work with perfect people because it actually makes them feel worse. It makes them feel worse. So when you're relatable and when you're honest, you made a post recently about the fact that a um, person said, how can you share such a difficult story and not be embarrassed? And you said the growth that you have experienced and then when you recognize that we all have had some really tough experiences, we've all had some humbling experiences, but you use this for the edification of others and to help others and to build them up. So a young girl who is listening, who's had an abortion at 16, who might have struggled financially, who might have been promiscuous, who might have stepped out of the image and the identity that Christ has for them, know that there's renewal in Christ, there's rebirth, um, and Crystal Day is just really sharing such a powerful story. You might have shared a little bit about this, but I want to ask you this question directly. Um, one of the messages you preach, teach, and mentor on is purity in Christ, being completely sold out for God and living by his word. So as single young women, um, we don't always get it right. I don't always get it right either. But what was the price that you paid to get to this place of obedience? Um, you know, so, and this is why it's so important for us to be honest. And there are times in my, especially as an entrepreneur, um, I've been challenged to say, hey, probably shouldn't share so much about your past, about abortion and all of these things, because it could affect your business, right? Um, because people want, the truth is, on a business perspective, people want to see perfection. They want to see you on the on the, the beach side sipping pina colada and saying you're earning five figures six figures right that's what people want to see to hire you and i've just decided to make my brand very authentic that i've had very hard days in business right um i've had days where you know i just every launch that i did failed right then i had days where everything that i did was like the midas touch you know that right. financially it made sense so um how did i get in terms of the purity one um 
I think with purity, I did not know that sex before marriage was a thing, right? I don't remember ever hearing that, right? But when I came save, you know, them tell you say you must not have sex until marriage one, I was already having sex, so that didn't make sense to me. Two, I'm a Jamaican woman. I'm like, I don't want any puss in the bag. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to marry somebody. That was my mindset, right? When I rededicated my life to the Lord, I had to go through what the word of God says that I had to renew my mind. I had to realize that the things that the world was teaching me was contradictory to God, right? The world will never teach me anything that is in accordance to God. Only his word had to. So I had to make a decision to follow what God's word says over how I felt, over what people thought or what culture said. Absolutely. That's a big thing, culture. That's a big thing. When yes. you're in Christ, you're a new being. All things are passed away, and all your culture don't. Yeah, and your culture don't have the same impact because your culture yes. might say one thing, but the Word of God says something else. Go ahead, Amen. Crystal. Yeah. So it meant that I had to tell myself, and I remember yeah. googling, you know, why I shouldn't have sex before marriage. Right? Yeah. I had to google it because I'm like, God, I'm not convinced. And I remember saying to God, I, I remember looking at myself and saying, you know, even though. The world is going to say that I have a child already, so no man should wait for me to have have sex with me because, you know, I already did it. I'm going to choose what be, to yeah. believe what God says, that if I honor him, if I seek his word first, all things will be added. And the man that he will send will see yeah. value in me and will wait on me. So I had to make that decision very early. I had to make that decision to go God's way and believe that God's way. And that's the truth is I've not walked you know, this purity walk in perfection. No, right. right? I'm, I, I'm sure I've lost. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've cost, I've lied. I've, you know, um, I've done things that is not in, in accordance to God's will, but the good thing, this is why I've, I'm so glad that I have a relationship with him yeah. because instead of running away, I found that every time I fell, I tried to run back to him because it just showed me how much I need him and his Holy Spirit. I don't want to do purity by my own. I want him to, because if I'm me alone, I want in our man bed on a Friday night. Valentine's Day come, Christmas come, you want somebody to rub your foot. You want want to experience it physically, right? And this is why sometimes we compromise. And even if you compromise, it's okay, Run to the Father. Run back Don't to run Father. Away. Yeah, grace. Yeah. grace, grace, grace. Run to Him, right? Run to Him, and that's what I had to learn. That there's nothing that is to that I can do that He's not going to accept me for, right? So purity is not something for you to try to do on your own. It is for it's just a desire that you need to have, and then two, try to feed that desire with godly things so it meant that at a season i stopped listening to um soul's music i don't listen to dancehall music there was a season that i couldn't watch certain shows right when 50 shades are what when i was before a christian i read all the 50 shades book you know you can imagine as a big 50 shades fan when when it when it came out the movie came out as a christian woman i had to say no i'm not going to watch this right etc so just some practical things that you would do just purity overall but also remember that purity is not just about sexual there's the mind right how you see people what you do the things that come out of your mouth what do you oh yeah 
oh, na, na, she's uglier, you know, how you're, you're, you're bully in other people to believe, you know, it's just, so purity is, is the mind, the body, the soul, the things that you say, all of that. So that's how I became, the truth is, there's no formula to become a sold out Christian. Exactly. The formula is love Jesus. Yeah. Love Jesus more than yourself. Let me tell you something, Diane. One of the things I tell people all the time and they laugh. You see, before Christ, you see, my my daughter's father made it love it. What mm-hmm. I made it love. I've I been there. We have all had love. that one person. Yeah. Listen, uh, yes. my, my sister, them call, in Jamaica, we have something called Yamid, right? Yes. Where, <laughs> where, where you allow a man to turn you in an idiot and like you're, you're, you're sold out. Like, yes. you're, like you make every decision around him. Yes. And I remember um, even as a Christian, I kept going back. I kept going back. I kept going back. And one day, you know what I said to the Lord? God, I love this man more than you. Yes, fix it. Because we can't love God, nothing I, more fix, than pursue, yes. nothing more than God, right? So that's the formula. So, God, so you're correct. Yeah. There's no, yeah. I can't tell you any steps. There's no 10-step program. There's no 12-step or 8-step program to him. There's just really loving him more than anything. That's the first commandment. Yeah. Have no God him. other than him and love him. Um, and tell yeah. him, yeah, go back to him in honesty. Tell him, God, yeah. God, I just say, God, I love this man more than you. Please help me to love you more. Please help me to love you more, right? And he said, well, spend more time. How did you find, how did you fall in love with him? Because me and him used to go out all the time, talk all the time. So I started to do, I used to go out on dates with God. I used to spend time in the word, spend time worship, listening to sermons upon sermons. And the more I ran to God and started to spend time with God, the more I realized I loved God and I was able to walk away from that eight years relationship, right? Because I started to love God more. That's so powerful, so profound and so clear. You can't love something you don't know or somebody who you don't know. You have to build a relationship. Spend quality time with your father. Coffee time in the morning, just talk to him. A walk in the park, just you and Jesus. A word, a sermon, a praise and worship, a movie. Just time alone with our father. That's how we build relationships. Um, Crystal, I know one of the things you desire is to get married. Um, a godly husband. Tell me some of the qualities that you're looking for in a husband. And if you see him, would you know him? Um, boy, you know, I feel like this is a very challenging question in this season because yeah. the truth is um, I've, I'm a bit disappointed with how I see a lot of men of God carry yeah. themselves. Um, in terms of their passivity towards yeah. pursuing women, also a lot of them um, have not been stewarding God's woman's heart properly. Yes. So a lot of men in church, because I think that they think that there's some scarce commodity, they yeah. can go around and you know play with people, um, girl, women, and then choose right. not choose her. So I it, it means that at one I will not marry a non-christian right yeah. because i know how important it is for me and the person to have a certain level of um faith and yeah. the values should align right yeah. and i'm not just i'm not in the i'm just not in the space where i'm going to try to lead a man to christ i'm just not i lead a man if you like i lead you to christ not to be my husband i lead you to christ because you need christ yeah. that's it so i'm yeah. not trying to lead a man just because i want him to become my husband no so I put that out there but also it means that the truth is at this point I I've written down oh these are the things that I would want to have in a husband you know he should love me like Christ loved the church he should love my daughter like 
you know, his, his own. own um, yeah. I I would love for him to be ambitious. I would love for him to to be able to be a man that you know takes responsibility for his actions. These nice things, but the truth is, Diane, if I be honest with you, at this current season in my life, I don't have any list of things that God, when you send him, let me know that it is him. Yes. Let his heart be for you and to be able to steward my heart, my purpose also, right? Um, help me to see you through him. And if yeah. I don't see that, I don't care what he comes with, I'm not going to say yes. Because I've been pursued by men of God, that, you know, that and I've dated, you know, and I'm not, I will definitely not say I've been very perfect in this relationship. I had to go to therapy. I had to go through things, you know, spend time with the Lord to change things about me. But at this moment, even though I desire marriage, I desire to ensure that whoever I, I spend the rest of my life with, the both of us should be in one accord. And that means the both of us want to please God more than anything else. Wow. And at this point, I can't say I've seen that yet. And this is why I'm not married because I'm not going to marry just because I want to have sex. I want to have sex in a Diane. Mm-hmm. I'm a one woman in my bed, you know. I'm a one have the a Instagram family, pictures. A family, a family and a companionship, you know, yeah. children. But guess what? I want to please God more and I want a man that desire to please God more too. I can't add anything to that. Beautifully said. You're such an encourager. You're such an uplifter. Um, speak to a young woman's heart right now, who, who, someone who feels that she's not good enough, someone who feels she has no purpose, who believes that no one loves her. How can she change this narrative? You know, um, the truth is, there are two, there are two voices that are always speaking. Ill- ill to us right there's a voice of ourselves that naturally because we're a sinful being we automatically feel like we don't we we can't match up right so that personal voice is saying to us you can't do this you shouldn't do this then you have the voice of the enemy now the voice of the enemy is not just um oh satan speaking to you i'm sorry but the enemy will use people that you love yeah will use so these people that are saying bad things honestly it's not them it's a spirit the word the of god spirit, says that we yeah. wrestle not against spirit um you flesh know against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers right so it means that even though you are seeing these people saying things to you um it's really the enemy using them to plant bad seed so it means that if bad things are coming at me what should i do to bring it off and the bible tells us to put up our shield of faith right so it means that faith comes by hearing hearing the word of god so how do you fight back negativity is by believing spending time in the word putting what god says about you say and even when you don't believe it believe what um read it study it spend time in it you understand so that's how you will come back that feeling there's nothing else i can say because even the affirmations that you will say right if they're not aligned with god's word after a while they would fall away because only the word of god can really last right that's the only thing that lasts so even if i say i'm pretty right the truth is 
I might not always feel like I'm pretty, but if I say I'm fearfully and wonderfully mean, that's cementing my heart because it means that prettiness, my fearfulness, my wonderfully made is not just a physical thing, but it's internal, my heart, my heart posture, you know, yeah. how I treat people. So the things that God says about you, you have to feed yourself these things. Um, the final thing that I would say also to her is spend less time to focus on you and think about how you can serve others. Yes. A lot of times we are very unhappy with our stance because life has become about us, about us and about yes. us. And the more you look at yourself is the more you see imperfection. The yes. more you look at yourself, you feel not good enough. The more you look at yourself is the more your weakness arise. But when you can serve others, when you can share and be an encouragement to others, what you find is that when you do the Bible tells us that how do we become great is by serving. The greatest yeah. among us is those who serve, right? Um, that is what would make you realize how valuable you are. So me coming on this podcast, encouraging somebody, right? Yeah. And I tell people every time I feel down and I get a speaking engagement, yeah. it's like, my life just feels different again because no, I am being a blessing to others. That's it. And when you do God's business, I guarantee he will handle your business, your business. for you. Powerful. You understand? So simple. How do simple. you stop feeling good enough? Go to the word of God. And I don't mean just read the Bible for read the Bible's sake, right? Go read some blogs, read some books, listen some testimonies of other women that have overcome things, right? Um, stop defining yourself by your past. Stop defining yourself by your decisions. Stop defining yourself by anything outside of who God say you are. Awesome. I couldn't have said it better. I don't need to add anything to that. But Crystal, I just feel in my spirit that I'm going to have to definitely invite you back another time. You have so much to share, so much valuable information. And I'm really enjoying this conversation with you. Um, we won't get as much time to continue going as long as I would want. So I'm going to try and be timely <laughs> with the rest of my questions. But I'm just really, really enjoying the conversation. The ways to make ourselves feel much better, not according to what the world says, but what God says is to get into the word, word of God, build a relationship with him, serve others, um, and we'll see less of ourselves and less need to feel like we're not good enough or we're not valuable. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're most welcome, man. You're most welcome, man. Believe me, any, any, any time I'm here, like, you yeah. know, just let me know I'm here. Um, one of the things you do and you do so well is the businesses you have built um, and you build them on the principles and the platform of servant leadership and faith um, and, and lifting up others. Share with us your journey of starting your own business. Why was it so important to own your own time? I don't know if this was something you even ever thought about. And how did you get the courage to walk away from a secure 95 to pursue the vision God had laid on your heart? Um, definitely. I cannot say my desire to have a business was because I wanted to have a business or I wanted to have time freedom or anything like that. I would be lying. No, it is a motivation, right? But it wasn't. Um, in, in, when I was in ninth grade um, at the Convent of Mercy Academy Alpha here, in, um, I was introduced to the principles of business. And I remember being introduced to the concept of entrepreneurship of someone having their own um, business. 
that planted a seed so I always felt like one day I should have a business but the truth is I was thinking about opening a restaurant because you know me and my family we love food and all we can cook right so we're like I always thought about a restaurant um long story short when you know I'm doing the corporate thing I was you know trying to grow growing the, the corporate ladder in the government sector so as a procurement officer and I was trying to you know um, my, my organization wanted to send me to do my master's in procurement um you know that was that was you know me trying to grow in the, the government sector but in 2016 I started to, as I started well I started to see the Lord and purpose and one of the things he said to me that I'm going to um, let you open your own business. Of course, I wasn't paying him attention, but eventually, you know, someone, I got introduced to coaching and then I started to speak and people started to pay me. Then the Lord said I should write a book. And the truth is I didn't even see it as a business. I just saw it as, oh, I'm just doing these things as a passion. So I saw it as passion project and not as, the fact, if I get money, it's nice. You know, you want extra stream of income, but it wasn't the goal. Um, I felt the Lord saying that it was time to, for me to leave my job in 2016. And in January, on January 20th, 2017, I left my job. Now, people ask, how did I leave? The truth is I had no other choice than to leave because God made it very clear that my season was up and I needed to go. And the biggest confirmation I got, because God was speaking to my heart for a while about it, and the biggest confirmation I got was when my supervisor at the time came and said, because he's a man of God, and he said, Crystal, you're in disobedience. The Lord tell you, told you to leave, wow. and you're still here. And the fact that you're here, one, you need to repent because you're in disobedience. Two, the fact that you're here, you're holding up somebody else's blessing because this should wow. be somebody else's job. I could not have gotten another confirmation clearer than that. I left that job. I knew that God wanted me to get into publishing. He had made it very clear the year before I started to do business coaching. Um, the coach had planted a seed about me starting to publish. I was not thinking about publishing, but I started to study the process. As I mentioned, I was very good at I was very good at writing. I'm very I love books. I love books. I love books. And you know, eventually, um, you know, I started to build the business. And the truth is, for the first two and a half years, seven, 2017, 2018, 2019, I was struggling. I was struggling. I was getting clients, but I was undercharging. I I, I seemed like I was always needing to to, to, to launch something and then the launch was failing and then because I was in Jamaica you know you can't charge a certain amount and then you're like and I was struggling but the truth is I kept pushing because I knew it was God's will for my life no matter how I thought about going back to a nine-to-five job I knew it was out of frustration and it was out of um yeah it was out of frustration and, and rebellion right because at that time I was like I had to give up my house. My daughter was going to private school. I had to take her out of private school and send her to public school. Um, I had to move back in with my parents, depend on them to eat food. Like, you know, it was really, really hard. But, you know, fast forward to God was, in all of that, God was still with me. 
and I kept going because I knew I was in his will and you know no you know things have drastically improved and I've learned a lot I continue to learn a lot about business and to be honest yes I am so grateful for the time freedom I'm so grateful for the potential income that I can generate as a as an entrepreneur I'm so grateful that God have chosen me to help people to make their dreams come true um so you know what do I do so I you know I with Christian Coaches Alliance, that's one of the business that I have. I certify Christian life coaches, right? So I do believe in the power of coaching. I do believe that coaching is an amazing way to transform life. So I certify persons in Christ to become a Christian life coach. Um, I do have a. It's not running as much, but the Daylight Business Academy where I teach business courses right um because i look when i say i love teaching and I, I look like i'm called to teach that's my spiritual gift i am like that is my dream i do desire a part-time lecture i do desire to lecture at a university because i love teaching i love um that's one of my desires and then um of course my main business well one of my main businesses is daylight publishers where i help persons to write publish market and monetize their books so aspiring authors you know most persons come to me they they don't even have an idea of what the book is about and i coach them through their stories and get the book out through my publishing company i offer um do it for you publishing packages i help you to create a marketing plan so you can sell more books and then how to use your book to monetize your book so that you can make multiple streams of income right um so that's part and then of course there is a part where i have written nine books um and they are books that like, like simply I amazing people, I, don't just run over that simply amazing <laughs> so you're not just teaching what you don't know you're teaching what you have done and done well you're an yes. award-winning author a multiple bestseller um yes. and you have done it true to formula authentically um and you continue to change life through your work so you're teaching a path you have walked yes um and that's just simply simply amazing i know we don't have a lot of time because you're so busy you have so many engagements today i hope i can just talk to you for just about five more minutes but what would you say to persons who are contemplating becoming an entrepreneur particularly persons who are saved what are some of your top three tips you could give them for success I would say, all right, so I'm talking to Christian entrepreneurs. One, um, I would start by uh, saying, do not leave a nine to five job. Don't get caught up in the hype of social media. Um, I left my job when, because I knew God wanted. So if God says it, then it is so, leave. But don't get caught up in the entrepreneurial bug and leave your job um until you have created a sustainable um income where you are able to because what happened is that when you leave the job before time without a proper systems in a business you find that you are you are compromising right and you're trying to do everything to make money and you're unable to really um you know clearly uh serve people because and and because you are so desperate for money so use your nine to five job to to fund what you believe is your dream use a nine to five job to get those professional photo shoot done to get your website up to hire the the tax persons right also this idea of oh 
I can't work on my business because I'm full-time and my job is so demanding and I need to go full-time. Listen, when you go into that business, time will not feel like it is enough. Even when you're full-time, it won't feel like it is enough because so many things are always coming at you, bombarding you. So if you can learn to manage your time, Yes. Which is a second tip. So number one, don't leave your job until you have a system in place where you're bringing in enough income um, to take care of, you know, yourself, your family expenses. Secondly, learn to manage your time. Um, If you have a nine to five job, no, learn proper time management, right? um, Learn how to be a steward of your finances, right? If you can't manage a, a thousand US dollars or if you can't, or if you're a Jamaica, if you can't manage a hundred thousand dollars, you're gonna struggle with ten thousand dollars or more. You understand? Because it's not so much the money that you earn, but the mindset that you have. So man, learn to manage your time and your money before. Um, third, the last thing I would say is entrepreneurship is about serving people, solving a problem. Yes, no matter it. how you feel like this is a good idea, it's not a good idea unless somebody wants it. Yes. Right? No matter, like, business is about knowing who your audience is and going to find find a way to serve them. So people are not paying you to pursue your passion. No. It so happened that you're passionate about what you do. Yay. But people are paying you to solve a problem. Find out very early what problem you solve, how you solve it uniquely, right? And um, provide value for their money. Try to, 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 to ensure that you, you know, um, you are, you operate in integrity in what you do, right? And know that you are already a brand, you are a brand already and you can own that brand just by solving people's problem and being the authentic you that God has called you to be. You have said so much, so much, so much critical and valuable information in terms of moving your business forward and moving your brand forward. How can persons work with you? How do we contact you? Um, in terms of one, my main website, website www.crystalday.com and if you go on it, I work with people to do three things, right? I, you said that, you know, one, books. I help persons to get their books out. So write your book, publish your book, market your book, monetize your book. That's books. Branding, right? I help persons to get clear on their brand. What is your brand message? What is your brand story? How can you um, build a global brand? That's what I have been doing, right? As Diana says, you know, I've been, I live in Jamaica. I've been featured on, you know, multiple international platforms, right? From here in this little, supposedly little island, Jamaica, right? So I've been able to build a global brand where people know what I'm about and they know, and I don't have to compromise my faith, right? So branding and in business, right? I only help her solopreneurs who wants to, um, I, I tell people in business, I help you to monetize um, your experiences, right? So I help you to build on what I call, I call it an empowerment-based business. So if you have a business where you, whether you want to coach, write, speak, mentor, but you want to empower others i help you to create a business where you are empowering others but you're solving a problem in the marketplace that's it so we can find you on crystalday.com 
crystalday.com, www.daylightdaye, that's my last name, daylightpublishers.com, um, and also christiancoachesalliance.com. So those are the main three ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, as we wrap up, this is my final question for you. At a time when many are struggling mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically, how can we as thought leaders um, and as Christians inspire hope? How can we help others build courage and resilience? Um, one, I, I do believe that uh, courage is something that you can grow and it grows the more the more faith you have right um two i do believe that courage also comes when you have the right support system around you so cultivating fellowship having the right um circle or tribe as they call it around you now as believers how can we help others to do that one by sharing our story authentically letting people know that courage is not the absence of fear right? So courage doesn't mean that you don't feel fear. Courage means even in fear that I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to show up um, in excellence. I'm going to do what I believe that God has called me to do. That's what courage is. It's not that I don't feel fear. You will feel the fear, but you're going to still do it. You're still going to show up, right? Um, so I think that believers more believers should share their stories authentically and um, let people know. And also I think that we should we should be that encouragement to others, right? Reach out to somebody, help somebody along the way, right? Don't, not because you had it hard, they have to have it hard too, right? You can make it easier for somebody. So those would be my encouragement. Beautiful encouragement. Thank you so much. Help others to find their way, help them to pave the way, be a mentor, um, be a motivator, be an encourager. Um, and one of the powerful things you said is courage can be built. It's a muscle that you can exercise and build up. Just get started and know that it gets easier and do it in spite of the fear. Crystal, I know you have a booked calendar. I know how busy you are, but there's so much that I wanted to ask you. So many other questions I had for you and it would just be great to hear your thoughts on those. So I do invite you back. It means you did Definitely. amazing. Um, Thank you. I would really look forward to talking with you again one day soon. It has been my pleasure talking with Crystal Day an award-winning best-selling author of nine books, international certified Christian life coach, corporate trainer, podcaster, and truly a sought-after inspirational speaker that leaves a stage change, leave people hard to change. A woman of faith, she believes in servant leadership, and she unselfishly uses her platforms or the platforms God has given her to positively influence and impact lives globally. She's a COO of Daylight Publishers and founder of Empowering Girls Club. Um, she's worked a long time in the public service. She has built some great skills in procurement, public speaking, events planning, supervisory management. She's walking a path that she has gone through many times. So she's teaching what she knows and she does it really well. She's a book coach. She's also a brand strategist. She can teach you how to write, publish, market and monetize your book. This episode was sponsored by D-Sharp Coaching Services. If you know someone who is between the ages of 18 to 45 and who would benefit from my academic advising and career coaching services, please send me an email at dssharp2013 at gmail.com and I'll connect with you. It has been my absolute pleasure talking with you, Crystal. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
It's truly, truly my pleasure. Again, you can invite me anytime. Everybody that's listening, I want to just say, you know, thank you for listening to this podcast also. I've seen a lot of my friends have been featured on this yes. podcast. And, um, you know, I know that Diana is doing an amazing job allowing us to share our story, to share our message to all you amazing listeners out there. So God bless you again. Thank you so much. Do show us some love by sharing our podcast. If you know someone who'd enjoy a dose of sisterly inspiration, stay tuned for next week's episode when we talk to another sister who's just like you. Until next time, be kind to yourself and others. Mm -hmm.